Hi there, my name's Adam Parr. I'm the podcast host, the Parr City Podcast. In this podcast, you'll be listening to me connect with people from different walks of life, from the military to people in the music industry to people in the self-help industry and many other areas of life. In this podcast, I'll be talking about topics from self-help, mental health, motivation, spirituality, mindset, society, current affairs, and much, much more. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe, share, and let me know your feedback. My main intention on this podcast is to have a positive impact. For you, the the listener, to take something positive from it, to apply something positive into your life from this. Now, with without further ado, let's get into this podcast and enjoy. We'd just like to say a massive thank you for your support um, over the past few years of the podcast. I'm really sorry about, you know, the delay in posting audio content. I've just got a massive backlog from all my episodes. I, you know, I work full time. I have, you know, I see a family. I see my girlfriend, you know, I'm busy working and, you know, we all have lives. So, you know, it's, it can be difficult to, you know, make the time to, uh, you know, create a podcast when you have a busy life. But, you know, something I'm passionate about and something that I'm always going to do and something I'm always going to grow. Um, so I'm going to be uploading all my audio content over the past couple of years that I haven't had a chance to do. So I'm going to be doing that every single week. So stay tuned for that. I'm going to be uploading my clips all onto YouTube and uh, onto my Instagram. Uh, the Positive Podcast is the name on YouTube. Uh, my Instagram is Positivity94. That's P A W R S I T I V I T Y 94. So uh, yeah. Stay tuned for more content coming each week. I'm going to try and do it daily. Uh, I'm going to be starting streaming in the next few months, so stay tuned for that. Uh, Facebook group, the Positivity Podcast, is on Facebook. You can join the group and get involved in discussions and see new content. Uh, I'm also on Twitter, YouTube, TikTok. TikTok is Positivity94. Um, I'm on Discord as well, I've got a Discord group, so yeah, get involved, and uh, if you have any questions or you want to be a guest on the show, it's uh, the positivity podcast at gmail.com, right, take care, bye. Tuning in, trying to find out how to win, go along and tell a friend, marathon, you know the game, keep on running, never end, getting better, make a man, Adam got it, Adam got it, Adam got it, Adam got it, positivity. Hi there, and thanks for tuning into the Positivity Podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by Ricardo Wilkins. Ricardo Wilkins used to work for the US government, and he has recently written a book on the effects of pollution and things in the atmosphere that affect humans in the world. We talk about pollution, how we can reduce 
being affected by things in our environment and much more. Now, sit back, relax and enjoy the episode. All right. Hey, Ricardo, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the Positive Podcast today. How are you doing? Adam, I'm doing uh, well, my friend. Thank you for having me uh, on your podcast and uh, sharing our conversation with your listeners. No, you're most welcome. It's it's really great to have you on. I'm great, you know, that we've been able to like get scheduled for today. And yeah. I just thought I'd like introduce you because you've done lots of different things in the past. Uh, you, you know, you used to work for the government and do lots of that work and service. And now, you know, you kind of set up on, you know, your own two feet and you're, you've written a book. And I'll just share my screen if I can. Um, okay. I'm trying to work this. Okay, it's not working. But it, you've 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 made okay. you've written a book called Life's Biohack. Yeah, I got it right here, so I can. Oh, you got it there. Oh, there awesome. Go. <laughs> there we go. Thanks. It's, no, you're welcome. And it's, it says the toxic environment threatening human health and the extraordinary way the body communicates healing and protection at the, the cellular level. Like what, you know, is like your kind of background, like your story and kind of how did you kind of get into this field and, and think about writing a book? Sure, sure. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I never if somebody told me that I would be writing a book about, you know, uh, an area, a science book or, or a medical book, however you wanted to describe our health and wellness, you know, a few years ago, even when I first learned about this field of health, I would not have believed them. And, uh, but here we are. So uh, you mentioned I work for the government and uh, about four years ago now, four and a half years ago, I had been on that job about 14 years and I was just really just disenfranchised. You know, I just wanted to do something, you know, I paid well, but it was, it wasn't challenging. It was uninspiring. I just felt really stuck. And I didn't know, you know, what direction. I didn't know else that I wanted to do, though. But I know I didn't want to be do. I didn't want to go. Um, I didn't want to be there. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the one thing that I can control was my health. You know, at that point, I became very in tune with what I put in my body. You know, exercising, what have you. So I was just always looking into and researching and just learning more about health and wellness in the body. And this one random day, I honestly, you know, believe I was guided. Uh, by the universe, God, however you, you, you know, people want to describe it, um, to uh, a video of this doctor who I was familiar with. And he was actually talking about something else, you know, human health. And he mentioned this thing called uh, redox signaling and stabilization, redox signaling and stabilization in the bottle. And I had absolutely no clue what he was talking about. <laughs> I, I, I had never heard of that term before, ever. And uh, they said they didn't say much, him and another doctor just going back and forth. They didn't say much, but they just said a few things that just really uh, just got my attention. And what uh, one of the things they said was how it helped reduce um, some of the things it did for reduced cellular aging. And at the time, I was learning about longevity research and um, things to um, just increase our lifespan. And but also what got my attention was I never heard it before. And it's because it sounded so unique um, and something just intuitively just spoke to me to said this is like almost I don't know if your guests, you know, the listeners can re resonate with this, but almost like something you're searching for, but you that you didn't know you were searching for almost. 
that you didn't know was out there. It, it felt like that. It's like I stumbled upon this secret and that just went down, just led me down a rabbit hole to learn more um, about uh, the product that he was talking about, but it also the field of health that uh, represented redox signaling, which is vast, but still relatively novel and really more in the research field um, arena right now and not in um, applicable, you know, applied in a lot of areas as far as um, practicing for people's health. So that's where it started, you know, and, uh, you know, I just, I just engrossed myself in learning more over the last four years, not to write a book, not for any particular reason, but just because I was just really just fascinated with uh, this new aspect of health and learning more about it. No, that's awesome. And I think like, you know, we don't always get taught about a lot of this in school. And I think, you know, we kind of have to find our own way in life and figure things out you know through learning you know when we're an adult don't we when we kind of get out of the system and then I think it's it's super important you know the area that you've kind of gone down because I think we have to look after our body we have to look after our health you know physical health mental health you know emotional kind of they all kind of interlink really and yeah. it, it's great that you've been putting you know, lots of research into it and passionate about it because I think there are many things that do affect people's health and you know society and the government and a lot of people do profit off people being unwell there's yeah. a lot of you know big companies that thrive off that and i think there's a lot of things that you can do to look after your health so you don't have to take certain things um you know from certain areas if that makes sense yeah yeah that makes total sense that makes total sense uh that's something you know just in you know learning about my own health and wellness just educating on myself just like uh, you know, at the for a lot of companies, I would say most, especially like pharmaceutical companies, is really about the bottom line. You know, it's about how much they can, uh, how much profit they can bring in annually for the owners, the shareholders, what have you. Just something that caught my attention earlier this week. Um, I heard, uh, and my partner, uh, she she works in memory care, so this particularly got my attention with Alzheimer's and dementia. There was a new um, Alzheimer's drug. Uh, approved by the FDA or about to be approved by the FDA uh, here in the U.S. However, it has not been shown in studies to really be that effective and have a lot of side effects. Nonetheless, it, it was approved or is going to be approved. And uh, I, I believe what I read was this pharmaceutical company to uh, mitigate the, you know, the, to mitigate the bad, the bad press or people speaking negatively about it, they're going to, to spend more than they spent developing it. Yeah. You the drug that was not really got much feedback on it. That's where it cut out. Okay. So where did it cut out? So broke up just a little bit. He said like there wasn't much feedback on the on the book that was released. Oh, on the oh oh on the 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 memory care, memory care. Yeah. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, it wasn't they were getting a lot of negative feedback. Um 
or to mitigate the negative feedback they, they would get from people from just not being effective and have a lot of side effects that they were spend a lot, um, spend more marketing than they did in their uh, R&D developing it to just to mitigate that and kind of like, you know, <laughs> just drown any negative, um, you know, negative press about it with just marketing. So that just kind of speaks to, you know, what you just mentioned as far as, you know, just things that are out there that really aren't harmful and companies doing things that um, <laughs> to, to take advantage of people being not being well. Yeah, exactly. Because I think, like you said, um, there's many different drugs that I think have come out in the past and have actually, because I watched that episode, that series called Dope Sick, and there was like Oxycontin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a lot of people ended up getting like hooked and addicted and that family made lots of money off it. And then they, I think they later found out about, you know, the, the, the actual effects of it. Yeah, yeah, I haven't. I've heard about that. Yeah, I've had some friends that watched that and just said it's just really angry. It made them angry and um, just how corrupt things are. And that, honestly, that's what um, that kind of corruption or loopholes um, is what inspired me to write my book. I watched a documentary called Stink, and it was about how toxins um, are very, very prevalent in household products and how the correlation between um, increasing disease and, and health conditions over the last, you know, four or five decades correlates to the increased use of these toxins. And there's definitely, um, you know, relationship between the carcinogens and hormone disruptors and other things in, in, the, in the environment around us have um, played a part in some part and people, you know, more disease, more cancer, more autoimmune issues. And watching that, you know, just really frustrating and disappointing and uh, angry. And I just kind of thought like, what can we do? You know, like, you know, write our, write our government representatives, you know, do we, you know, protest, donate. And I know the one thing that we can control is our lifestyle. So, you know, I said, you know what, I know about this unique area of health that, you know, that most people, even most medical professionals aren't towards school. And, you know, I'm going to write a book, you know, there's other books out there, um, but they're more for, I would say, medical people. They're written by doctors. So I just wanted to write something just to educate people that might have an interest in learning about something they you know, we're unaware of and how um, holistically impactful it was for the body um, in a in a short, digestible uh, way for people and not, you know, like a thick, you know, textbook or very dense book that went very heavy in the science. I wanted to write something that was relatable for people. So that that's what inspired me, this this corruption and and, and um, companies um, having uh, looking for loopholes, developing loopholes for profit. Yeah, definitely. What um, do you think are some of the main things that affect people's, uh, you know, body? Do you think, like, on a cellular level? Because um, in in the book, it says you know you kind of learn you know about things that like pollutants in the environment. Like, what um, do you think some of the main things are? Probably depends where you live um, on the, on the the level of the pollution but i know like you know most places are pretty polluted with lots of different things like what what things stand out do you think or can affect like people yeah yeah i so i tell everybody i'm not an expert in um you know toxins and the environment i did some obviously i did 
some research for my book and I um, introduced some stats and, and statistics in uh, in my book. Uh, but from what I've what I learned in the research and from that original documentary was just like some of the loopholes, like one, and I've it's interesting because I heard this before. I, like what I heard wasn't new, but it just hit me in a different way this time. And one of them was a fragrance. Um, a lot of, and actually in the in the UK and in Europe, other countries in Europe, um, th they have a lot. The regulations are a little bit more um, uh, solid than in, than in the U.S. So this some of this might not might not apply to listeners not in the U.S. However, something like fragrance um, is a loophole of a loophole ingredient. So with fragrance, anything that can that can include hundreds of ingredients can can be what is indicated as fragrance, and so that way, and they don't have to, you know, companies don't have to identify um, what ingredients go into the fragrance. Um, so it's carcinogens, it's you know, hormone disruptors, it's all sorts of things that. Um, if there's things, the chemicals that can interact together to um, why them, why them, why in the in of themselves aren't necessarily toxic when they're combined with other chemicals, they're toxic. So that's one of the things that really stuck out. Uh, you see that everywhere, uh, fragrance being um, uh, as an ingredient. Something else that stood out that I'll share was and just learning in my research was that something like a lot of companies put in ingredients because they create um, characteristics for a, a product that that the public just believes is necessary for it to be effective. And an example of example of that is uh, shampoos. So the idea that shampoos need to be bubbly and have a certain consistency and look a certain way uh, means it's cleaning your hair uh, more effectively. However, that's not true. But one of the though they put uh, companies put a chemical in there to create that characteristic. Um, so when people shampoo, but that one of those chemicals, and I don't know it off the top of my head, is um, is can be harmful, can is toxic to the human body. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty scary when you think about it, isn't it? Because there's lots of things that are um, you know out of our control, but then we have to kind of look how we can kind of mitigate responses like you know, uh, certain things like fragrances in it or certain shampoos, like things causing and a lot of the time, things and then we didn't have to check the back of it or things like that. And, you know, like the different things, like I saw, I think that was the same a few times. And I what did I have? I think there's a lot of plastic, isn't there? I mean, it's like the same, places but a lot of places here like in the UK using paper so like things are like maybe paper straws or but I mean I know they're trying to like help the environment but I yeah. think there are certain things like microplastics that's kind of a big thing now that's kind of out mm -hmm. in the media um and they're saying that affects like people's fertility and stuff like that there was like that um there was a, there was a, an article about that yeah yeah that's crazy like plastic is I mean we can go on and on about plastic mm -hmm. how it's um just the fish the oceans just how it leaks you know um you know some of the toxins in it the chemicals in it over time leak into the 
you know, bottled water, if, if food is heated in plastics, that in, that it um, enhances that leakage of the chemicals. Um, yeah, plastic is one of those things that, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's everywhere, you know, it's just yeah. everywhere and in everything and we can't really get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. So. It's, I think there's ways around, like you can try and buy, some people, I know my my family would, someone's go to the supermarket and buy things so it's not in black not wrapped in plastic that kind of thing but you know like like with the things that are in the environment because i'm just on a i know like this as fossil fuels um, yeah. industrial emissions i think like you said um you know petrol or like you call it like gas so like you know like car fumes yeah. that kind of thing um do you do you think like they all have an effect as well, like you know, and the missions that come out of factories and, and things like that. Do do the these harmful emissions like yeah. do they have an effect on on health? Yeah, yeah, like over time, like pretty. Yeah, much. yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to some extent, you know, I think it's you know people might debate how how um you know how how impactful. Or harmful they are. Uh, I think a lot of times what I've learned is that, you know, like say a chemical might be tested or something is tested to see if it's harmful at a certain amount in uh, a product, right? And it's like, okay, the tests show that this is not harmful to, you know, they might even use mouse or rats or whatever they use, it's not harmful. But I don't, something that you don't hear, really hear people account for, at least I haven't, is the cumulative um, use of that product over time. So it's not that one exposure, it's um, a cumulative of exposures over time. And then it's these, you know, this chemicals and this, chemicals and that, chemicals and this, you know, like you said, um, uh, factories emitting, you know, exalt cars, it's, it's, it's toxins and chemicals everywhere all the time in our food even in organic food um something i came across that i, I cite in my book is that uh, even in very remote places that don't really have an industrial infrastructure uh have you know their toxins you know they they find toxins and chemicals there and uh newborn babies um are, toxins are found in their umbilical you know mom's umbilical cord so it's just um these, these toxins are just everywhere uh, all the time. So I, uh, that is that bombardment from, from so many places, I think, that causes such a, um, in, our, in our body, in our system. And that's kind of like to go back to like dysfunction in our body, kind of like I, I try to touch on is that our, you know, these are external stressors, all these chemicals or what have you. And our body was marvelously designed to, um, you know, protect itself from external stressors to when there's an external stressor, be it a toxin, chemical, you know, a cell, you know, becoming a damaged cell, starting to replicate because of whatever, um, you know, whatever it was exposed to. There's a, there's a system to mitigate that, to do, to destroy that, to correct that. And, that then and so and then you know mother earth we have all these abundance of resources as far as like nutrients uh vitamins minerals oils herbs you know and um 
which was which were suitable for us um, with that that worked in unison synergistically with these internal mechanisms in our body. But the you know because of the excessive now the excessive use of chemicals around us, this uh, this eternal mechanism in our body is is um, is just overwhelmed, you know. And even the foods that that we eat to nourish us have you know toxins and chemicals in them. So that's kind of like why I wanted to educate people on at the very root level how our body um, protects itself and heals itself. And with that knowledge, what they what can they implement to further protect themselves? Yeah, definitely. I think you know people need to be aware of these things because there's many different things that you know are harmful or have an effect, and people want you be using these things on a daily basis. I mean, especially you know maybe in a cleaning role or something like that. If you're in inside and there's no ventilation and people are spraying stuff and cleaning things and you're breathing all that in. And you think you know you're doing a good job cleaning, which you might be, but then you're breathing in these chemicals, and yeah. you know that that can cause like asthma, can cause like you know irritation, um, you know skin problems. And there was a, I saw an article or a video online, and it was about like the military in I think Afghanistan or Iraq, mm-hmm. and you know doing those burn pits and chucking all the waste on these burn pits and burning it. But I mean I've got a friend who's in the military. In the, in the states and he said uh-huh. they would just burn all this stuff and because their base was next to these burn pits the the, the air would blow over onto the base uh-huh. and then he said like god knows what we're breathing in and yeah and i think quite a few people like had you know maybe cancers or, or don't quote me on that but i, I know that there were some people yeah. who had you know issues randomly from yeah. these these burn pits blowing over i mean so it shows you how you know, burning of waste can cause like, you know, health problems or like nervous system problems. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's loads it's, of things like you don't think about. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's more and more people on the planet, right? So it's just more and more stuff to, to deal with and handle. And um, I, you said something that was really, you know, a, a tool um, or practice that people can implement to just, you know, one of the things they can do to mitigate the toxins in their home is to open your window. You know, that's in my research, just ways to um, things we can do to mitigate the toxins and how how much they impact us, even just a little bit. One of it, one of them was opening your window, you know, just like, oh, yeah, open the window for five or 10 minutes a day. Um, maybe might be harder in the winter, <laughs> but uh, yeah, just get the toxins out. Um, you know, my parents, you know, they're a little older and they uh, I'm a nomad. So when we're back in, you know, that area, we stay with them a little, you know, a little, and they just, they just use products that I wouldn't use. So it's just kind of like, uh, I really, now every time I'm there, I was like, I just need to buy, like buy them some, um, or, or buy my own. Cause I'm just like, Oh man, it's just all the stuff that, uh, yeah, just not good for us. So, yeah. And I think I found that in um you know candles like you get in this country like in the uk you get these like scented candles wax candles this kind of thing and i remember i went to someone's house and they had like a, one of those um like a fragranced candle and i remember mm-hmm. like, having a sore throat like after being there really didn't feel right yeah and it's like i think you can get um you know not natural kind of 
you know, things that are made in a lab. Yeah. So I just want to cough talking about it. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, like I think there's lots of things that we don't realize that may be harmful or, you know, we're quite sensitive to. And I, if I ever get like a candle or something that has to be like, you know, organic or natural where it's not mm-hmm. synthetic kind of sense. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever found that or seen that. And you can get these diffusers where you get like uh, chemicals you pour into it and it makes the room smell nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Um, I've experienced that, not not as far as uh, reaction, but just again, learning more about, and it, it's, you know, just learning more about, you know, all these things that just, again, it's this cumulative, um, you know, effect, you know, cumulative impact of all the you know, chemicals coming from so many different areas. Um, and so they have sent the, you know, candles, air fresheners, the synthetic ones, just releasing chemicals. And honestly, my, my partner and I, we were staying at some place for a few months and had like a little odor. And so we had some, uh, so we had some, some scents and it, they, it wasn't that strong. And we, we put in some other ones that the owner had and they, but they were the, the synthetic kind. And it was much stronger, right? And we just had this kind of like dilemma, like, oh gosh, like which, you know, which one do we want to use? Cause we wanted it to smell as, you know, to, to overwhelm the smell, you know, the odor in there. It wasn't terrible, but um recognizing like, okay, this is a chemical, you know, just constant chemical in the air. So it can be difficult sometimes. It's just about, you know, making making decisions and what works best for each person. Yeah. I found that with car air fresheners, I've bought car air fresheners before and they're only small and I've stuck them in the car and I'm driving. I remember my, my eyes were like, you know, like stinging. Um, really? Yeah. I don't know what, I don't know what was in it. I don't want to know what was in it. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's, it made, made me like, I must be quite sensitive to certain things, but um, yeah. yeah. And, I, and you don't know, do you like what, what's no. I don't. Yeah, I don't. But that's, I mean, in a in a way, it's kind of good you're sensitive to it. Yeah. Because, you know, you don't want to be it's like, well, you, 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 okay, this isn't good. This is bad. I don't want to, I, I know I can't be around this. I can't have this because this is not good for me as opposed to, you know, myself or others. We don't even, because that's something, you know, car air fresheners. I didn't even, I didn't even think about that. This is, yeah, I just get a car, you know, the gas station of somewhere and get a car air freshener and like okay and then i was just talking to somebody and it's like yeah don't use essential oils use something else and i was like oh yeah he's probably yeah it's like so it's just you know it's just educating ourselves and yeah there's things all the time isn't it or what do you what do you think about um because i know that you know when you buy say fruit or certain foods they have um like uh Things to stop the insect. What was it called? The uh, I've got on the like pesticides. Yeah. So for you know pesticides and fertilizers. What do you think about that? Oh, I mean, I do everything I can. I try to do everything I can not to eat food that I know has been exposed to um, or not or been. Um, been sprayed or, or pesticides has been directly utilized on them yeah. 
Um, I was like, I'm, I, I've touched on this a little bit in my book, and you mentioned I worked the, worked in the government. I feel like that was a, that was something else that after watching a documentary that was, you know, kind of, you know, steeped in my memory. I worked there for several years, and one of my roles was to I, I reviewed um, or or I saw customer, not customer, um, U.S. citizens that were um, complaining um about toxins and you know because it, it always involved around like some new rule or regulation that was up for um renewal or being proposed so the public would have an opportunity to just send in comments um to do you know to share their opinion and some you know a lot of times you would see farmers and organizations proponents of an, a pesticide being used and you know, they would, why it was okay and safe, but a lot of it was the public, um, people sharing their stories about the impact it had on their, on their life, you know, themselves being sick, um, a family member being sick, a neighbor, you know, how it cost them financially, how it, you know, sometimes people lost their life because of, uh, you know, pesticides and, um, you know, Roundup, um, there's something here that you really use a lot in the U.S. And yeah, it was so just seeing a lot of and a lot of those as well would include research and studies. And um, a lot of uh, I remember some of them specifically. Um, it starts with a G, glyphosate, glyphosate, I think it's called um, like some court decisions where uh, specific companies would have to pay out because it was, you know, their records had, you know, they they knew it was harmful and things along that line i don't want to <laughs> i can talk about that all day but all yeah. to say i would see a lot of the impact i would read about a lot of the impact that these chemicals and pesticides specifically um had in people's life so um yeah that was another thing that kind of motivated me so i try to always eat organic um i know that's not you know there's a lot of debate about how um clean and pure and if that is and how much you're really escaping the exposure but I, if it's, you know, if it's, if it's a, even a little step in the right direction, um, you know, I, I try to, like, we, we're, you know, we're in a hotel now and, you know, it'd be an apple or something somewhere. And I'm just like, what, you know, I, I just won't eat it. <laughs> I just won't eat it. So. Yeah. I think, I think people are, you know, being more mindful of where things come from. And I think, like you said, it's always good to be, you know, organic and I don't think there's any harm in that in my opinion and i think like i'll always like you know rinse or kind of mm -hmm. wash you know say apples or whatever yeah. before i get them um but i think a lot of people just see it and they'll oh, eat it straight away and you're like well where's it been you know is anything sprayed yeah. on it mm -hmm. because you just you just don't know but at least if you rinse it then you're getting rid of or some of it you know off off the fruit and um yeah. Also, I know I, I don't know if you saw like is it to do with um like I know especially in America I don't know if it's so much in Europe but like animals having like uh, hormones or, or things pumped into it if that makes sense or certain foods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, hormones, um, chickens, cows being injected with hormones, them. Um, one of the big issues, this is something else I would come across a lot working at the EPA, is the effectiveness of uh, antibiotics, how the overuse of antibiotics 
um, has, has rendered them not as effective um, when people really need them. Um, and some of that overuse um, is, uh, maybe this is debatable, I'm not an expert in this, but from what I've read is just people being prescribed to being prescribed antibiotics um, when they don't necessarily need antibiotics being prescribed by their doctor, but also antibiotics and, and things being injected into animals, um, farm animals that people consume. Um, so then again, that's, 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 that's whoever eat that, is it being exposed to that antibiotic or those hormones um, that might not, you know, they might, animals might be injected hormones to, um, you know, to, for the growth, um, you know, just something that makes it more, uh, at the end of the day, turn more of a profit, right? And, um, but is that safe for human consumption? Uh, maybe once, maybe twice, but again, it's that cumulative, um, that cumulative exposure over time. So yeah, I definitely have heard, heard about that. Yeah. Another reason yeah. to just try to eat, you know, the best that I was talking to someone recently and she, um, you know, she started growing her own food. So I know a lot of other people are proponents of that, you know, controlling our own uh, food supply as much as we can. Yeah, definitely. I think it's, it's important, isn't it, you know, to do, to re do research on this guy. I mean, a lot of people would just kind of go for the lies, you know, buying things and eating things and kind of doing, you know, as, you know, as we need to, as humans to survive and eat and, and everything else. But sometimes there might be something kind of going on or there's a lot of things that do happen that we're not really aware of, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I don't know if you've also heard about like, you know, tap water. Have you, have you ever come across like that or looked into that or researched it? Because I know like certain tap waters have got high levels of fluoride and the effects of fluoride. Because mm -hmm. I did a podcast actually with a mm -hmm. guy and he was talking about, um, is it something called deuterium, which is in water? Um, and we're saying that, you know, there's high levels of it in certain places. Now in the UK, we've got like very strict kind of regulations on the water and how much mm -hmm. fluoride is in it because I think they say like, you know, fluoride's good for your teeth and things like that. But then I think there's certain health effects that it can have. Wow. Have you ever, yeah. you ever looked at, have you heard about like tap water and. Yeah. I've, I've heard, I've heard, I haven't researched that extensively on my own. I just, I have heard that, you know, just tap water isn't the, maybe the best source of, um, best source of water with, you know, again, it's the fluoride that might, um, that is treated with. And I know there's a debate about fluoride. Yes, fluoride, I know. I haven't researched that extensively. I personally, excuse me, I personally, we use a, um, you know, we just use a, a, a filter water to filter our water. Um, that's debatable. <laughs> you know, um, there's always information, pros and cons of everything. So I try to, me personally, just when I can, um, Try to travel a lot, so sometimes it can't. But I try to mitigate how how often I use tap water to to drink or yeah. cook. Yeah, definitely. And like with you, like your box, so like what um what are some of the key like takeaways you say in your book, or you know you think people should take away, and and what was some like you know the things that you're passionate about, or any areas you was passionate about whilst doing your book. Um, I would say just as far as takeaways from my book is 
you know, there's, you know, we all are familiar. Well, not, maybe not all, but, you know, we've heard of DNA, right? We know DNA and everyone might not know all the, all the intricacies of DNA and how it works in the body, but we're, we have some understanding of it. We know it, it's important for the body. Um, stem cells, you know, stem cell, you know, most people I, I imagine have heard of stem cells know, again, might not know how complex the, the complexity of how they're working in their body, but, you know, stem cells just become different kind of cells when they're needed. Um, and there's treatment, stem cell treatment. So uh, we all the nutrition, you know, we're taught, you know, in the States nutrition, you know, the, it's the nutrition tree <laughs> when we're very young. So we just, we had that understanding. Um, but at one point DNA wasn't, you know, that wasn't commonly known, you know, um, same for stem cells. And at some point in time before, you know, long, you know, many decades ago, neither was nutrition. Um, so this area of science, redox biology, redox signaling, um, is something that everyone will know about at some point. Um, it's very vast. Um, it's a lot of research being done in it. So the biggest takeaway is in a very short, you know, 30, 40 minutes, people can read this book and gain the impact um, and the significant role that of this 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 function or this this area in the body getting ahead of the curve um uh yeah moving forward so i think that's the just the biggest takeaway um in a very you know without a really long webinar without um you know going to school or doing all the research that that i did over the years uh you might not get the the intricacy, you know, every, all the intricacies on a medical level, but you will have an understanding of how it works, um, how it's created in the body and the different areas, the, all, some of it, because it's every area, but just some of the specific areas in the body, um, a list that it plays a role in. Where do you think like the, um, the most important area is? I know they're all important, but do you, is there anything that you kind of focus on like mainly? Oh, that's a good um, question. Yeah. That's a if good question. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good question. That's a great question. Oh, no one's ever asked that. I've never even thought about that um, in that way. Uh, I would say the immune system. You know, I would say the immune system because the immune system is someone else might say something different, but I would say the immune system because, you know, there's certain things that are going on in our body we just we don't think about we don't know so example when we get a cut or bruise you know people have children your child gets a cut what have you how our body repairs um that 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 cut how it knows how to regenerate the cells to close how that cut close when the pathogens and and then foreign invaders that you know even if you know just get a little cut there are some germs that get in there um, how does your body kill those foreign invaders, right? Like when, you know, virus, like all that, you know, so just how does our immune system know where to go in the body um, when, when there's a threat? And this, at the most foundational level, this area in the body um, where these, these signaling messengers are to direct the immune system um, to where it's needed in the body. And helps, and also some of them. Some of them are the the bullets that kill the pathogens and, and and foreign invaders as they enter the body. So, I know that's something that you know the immune system, vitamin C, vitamin D. We innately know those things are good for the immune system. 
Um, so this is just a little bit about how the immune system is directed to where it's needed in the body. No, I, I love that. And I think that scenario that, you know, I think about a lot as well. And I think that was something that is, you know, since COVID and that kind of thing, I yeah. mean, that's something that was on everyone's mind or most people's mind is, you know, because at the start, we didn't know what this virus was. Is it going to kill us if we get it? Well, you know, what's the effect going to have and, and all the rest of it. And, you know, people were saying like, you know, it's okay if people take a vaccine, that's up to them. But some people were saying, you know, they want a vaccine. And there's a lot of debate around that even now and the effects of it. And, you know, that's, that's a different conversation. But I've had COVID twice. I'm still alive. And some people, you know, unfortunately aren't through that. But I think it makes, I think it's made people mindful, some people mindful of, you know, how to look after themselves and the right things to eat um, to better get over a cold or flu or COVID, that kind of thing. So I know a lot of people weren't kind of looking after their body or their immune system and probably had a tougher time getting over it. Or, um, you know, so I think it's, it's very interesting because a lot of us aren't aware or weren't aware too much of what do we take or, you know, what's going to get over, help us get over it. Um, yeah. So yeah, the immune system is interesting, you know, really interesting. It's fascinating. And like you said, you cut yourself and, you, you know, your body knows exactly what to do. Right, right, yeah, yeah. And if I can, let me ask for one, but it's another one that I, I, I can, if I can share another area. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, and that's homeostasis. So um, for home, and I imagine most people have heard of homeostasis, you know, and homeostasis just means essentially balance. Um, and in terms of the body, it's just a healthy balance in the body, right? And just something you might, you know, we might hear about, you know, you want to maintain a healthy homeostasis and homeostasis is very important, but something I didn't know, like, well, what exactly is being balanced? You know what I mean? Like, what is exactly the healthy balance? And in my book, with probably two pages, with the picture, I make sure I try to include a lot of pictures um, to kind of bring it to life a little bit more. Um, you will know what is being balanced um, uh, at the very basic root level, what is homeostasis and what um what what is what is being balanced? Yeah, because it says here, like, if I just Google homeostasis, uh, British also so this Western version, the state of steady internal physical and chemical conditions maintained by living systems. So that's basic definition. So yeah, so homeostasis you mean like the operating normal functioning of a person's body and the organs you mean. Yeah, yeah. So I think when how I how I always thought about homeostasis was my you know my systems being in a healthy balance, you know, running effectively, um, my you know my my stem cells being everything just that just everything just being on a healthy balance, just operating as they should as they should. But the way a good analogy is kind of like. Uh, two tennis ball, tennis players, tennis, you know, tennis, you know, hitting the ball. And that's just, that's homeostasis, right? Just as long as they're in flow, you know, the, the body's in a healthy balance. And if they 
uh, one of them misses the ball or when it, you know, hits a good shot and goes out of bounds. And that is, you know, the, some area in the body is being thrown out of homeostasis. And when he, when, uh, they get back in play, it's back in homeostasis. So, um, but you know, at the, at the deepest level in the body, um, what is being balanced. So say, for example, um, the heart, right. Um, when the heart isn't healthy, there's a lot of things can happen while the heart isn't healthy. And, uh, so say the heart isn't healthy, but what is, what is the mechanisms in the body that are out of balance? So what are the cells or what are the, 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 the messages being sent through that that's causing it to be out of balance? Um, it's these, it's this messaging system, what my book, what my book is focused on, that is what is not in balance. The production of these messengers or molecules um, at the very root level is what has been thrown out of balance. And it's kind of like if you look at a, um, like a diagram, you know, you have, you know, um, the body, you have systems, then you have organs and tissues and cells. But then under that, it's, it's, it's kind of like these messengers, these molecules um, that for all life is most foundational aspect of health um, that needs to stay in balance for homeostasis. Mm. No, I get that. And I think like there's many different things that affect, you know, homeostasis. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think like people's like nervous systems as well, isn't it? Like people, mm -hmm. how they react to, you know, external stresses, if that makes sense. Like, so yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. These are, I think like you know they're reacting to something and responding, and then they're, they're two different things. And like you said, it might be the fact you know, if someone's stressed by something, mm -hmm. they become accustomed to that stress, and then they're just continuously having cortisol releasing to the bloodstream. So then they, yeah. you know, the 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 fight and flight response is, is firing off. So that's like that kind of messenger isn't like you said in the homeostasis that's within the person's system. Their system's reacting to something. And I, I think like it's really important, you know, and that depending on maybe someone's homeostasis is going to depend whether they're going to be healthy in themselves or or not. Or because you see people who are quite relaxed and able to cope in certain situations, but their homeostasis is kind of maybe adapted and it's under control, whereas other people's homeostasis might be firing all cylinders, if that makes sense yeah yeah it's like a yeah it's right you know that's why cops and people in the military go through so much training right so when they are in those you know real you know real events you know when people are really shooting at them or you know a, a situation can escalate they've gone through you know all that that training and and so their body um reacts you know in a very level you know balanced as much as possible controlled way um to to the to that event yes and like like you said whatever the case it could be you know just someone you know someone cutting you off you know so something that just throws you off it could be in your daily life your body just something that throws everything out of whack and it could be a cascade of unhealthiness as it applies to the body yeah definitely i just got some random questions i was just uh thinking about it's yeah, um, different different from what we're talking about but like what um in terms of role models like who say if you pick a few role models whether they're like personal to you or uh famous who would you kind of like think about 
Mm. Role models. Um, that's a that's a good question. I have I have a few. Um, my parents, you know, that's maybe cliche, but definitely my parents, just their character and kindness and um yeah, generosity is uh something that I I uh, yeah, I'm just uh, proud to be raised by them. And I don't say this enough, but like my partner, her name is Ruthie. She's a role. She's a role model and she's a role model. And I try to tell her this as much as possible. You know, she works um, with people with memory care, more like an administrative director level. And yeah, she's yeah. working in that arena at some point. And, you know, since she was like a teenager and I get to see her, you know, on a daily basis, do her job, um, and uh, yeah, she's she she's on this. I tell her all the time. She's on this planet to work with, to work in that field. Like that's why her soul. That's why she came here. So and just seeing her just excel and just do what she does is is it's, it's it feels amazing to be next to someone who just does what they love, even when it's difficult. You know. Um, and then as far as famous people, um, not to get, you know, political, but Barack Obama is someone that I admire just his um his character, how he um he uh his his um eagerness to support the youth um is is and develop is something that I admire and just um how he communicates is something that I admire as well. Um someone uh Michael Beckwith. He is someone, um, he's kind of like a, a spiritual thought leader. He's someone that, that I look up to a lot, just as far as communicating to people, just stepping into your best self, being being your best self, shining and, and getting outside of your comfort zone. And uh, so uh, Richard Brooke, he's uh, someone that has uh, been a mentor and coach of mine. Some, he's not famous, famous, but some people have heard of him um he's uh yeah he's someone i really look up to so those are some people that uh i admire no that's awesome no i think it's always good to have role models isn't it in your life and you know especially people you know close to you like you mentioned your partner and your parents i think that's really really awesome you know because we there's there's people in our lives who you know can inspire us and and things like that and we can you know learn from a lot yeah definitely definitely and i heard um i forgot yeah i heard i forgot what it was the exact term but uh or the ex what the exercise is called i did it in a coaching program once but it's just you know find you know a few people um and what is some take something about that their characteristic their personality their personality that you um identify with that you want to um exhibit in your life and you know maybe put their all their faces and what that is on you know somewhere and um yeah and just try to master that in your life yeah definitely i think you know the people you surround yourself with isn't it definitely has an impact on who we are and and your environment that kind of thing yeah 100 and um and also like is there anything that you're currently working on or anything that you uh you want to promote or or like where, where can people find kind of thing yeah, yeah, you know, definitely, you know, look, my book, any, any person, anybody that just wants to, you know, just learn a little bit more about, um, you know, this, you know, this area of body, this new area in the body that's really, you know, novel, but vast at the same time, um, you know, you can find it on Amazon at Ricardo, uh, Ricardo's new book.com. It's an audible ebook, um, Kindle ebook and paperback. 
And uh, also, I love the travel. Um, I've had a lot of growth and, and shifting perspective about life as far as travel. So that's something I love talking about. I'm working on some things um, as far as developing, a, I call it immersive volunteering um, uh, experiences for people. Um, that's probably something that won't be, you know, available for a month or two. But uh, that's something I'm really passionate about because I've had a lot of transformation uh, as far as my travels and specifically a uh, volunteering abroad. So uh, that's something I'm, I love. Um, I want to share as well. No, that's awesome. And like, I'll definitely share you like your your um, book in, your, in the link as well and do that and put all your information there and I'll, and I'll promote it as well for you. Um, Thank you. You mentioned like traveling. Cause I remember when we first thought you mentioned traveling yeah. and that's what you do. Like, well, how do you think um, that's kind of molded and kind of changed you doing that? Cause a lot of people will paint this picture um, and get comfortable probably where they are mm-hmm. and um, not travel or not go to certain places and some people might say, oh, don't go to that place because it's not very nice or it's too cold there. And then people don't go travel because they've took what other people have said. Like, what? how do you think it's kind of like changed um, and developed you? Oh, man, I can, I, it's so in so many ways, um, <laughs> so many ways. But I'll share one aspect of that, that in my life that travel has helped me, um, I feel like has helped me, is that is... Um, not to hold on to the things around me in life so tightly that I feel are so that I feel are so important because of you know my the paradigm that I live in as far as my country, my family, um, society, societal pressures, um, just those those things that just feel so important or the things we feel like we need to buy to to be happy. Um, not that it's okay, not, not that it's not okay to, to want to buy things, but that just holding on to those things so significantly. Um, because when I when I traveled, not having certain things and not seeing what other people had, don't have, you know, not seeing what people um have, um seeing what their community finds important is not what my community feels is important. You know, it could be what they wear, like where they wear a completely different, you know, attire, you know, um, and clothes, they don't want what I want. Um, and so just, yeah, it just really helped me just shape um, what I, the, what I hold on to as is important or hold on to it so tight to shift my, to shift my energy. Yeah, definitely. I think it's that perspective, isn't it? A lot of people appreciate certain things and see things differently because they might not have the things that we rely on or the things that we yeah. that we need, but then they're grateful and they're like a lot of people might want. A, a, there's nothing wrong with like clothing or whatever. People like different mm-hmm. things, but they might be okay just wearing whatever that they're not needing that um, validation for. I don't know having certain things yeah yeah right exactly yeah, yeah. and yeah. um yeah oh, sorry, it's fine. oh I, was, I was gonna say just really quickly just uh, i mentioned i had a um really uh powerful experience volunteering uh four years ago like literally four years ago this time i was in cartagena colombia uh volunteering and i lived in an apartment with two people 
who didn't know any English. Uh, they were cousins. They were a little older than me. And it was a you know, small apartment, you know, just not how I lived at all. And I didn't have the things that I was accustomed to. And I was volunteering and I just, I was, that's why I'm immersive. I call it immersive volunteering. I was really immersed in that environment and I didn't know anyone. I got, I made friends. Um, and through that experience, you know, living differently, I, I was so, I was very content. You know, I was very content with what I did not have, you know, um, and uh, this might have been probably one of the happiest, you know, times of my life, really. And uh, that's when I really is like, yeah, everything is just, yeah, everything's really just most of the times okay. <laughs> it's really okay. Yeah. I think it's awesome that you've had that experience and you've kind of grown and shifted and, you know, stepped out, you know, your comfort zone as well, and then gone into these situations of new people and new places and, you know, learn and seen what other people go through and where they're at. Mm. And I think it makes you think about your life and yourself and, and uh, you know, understanding other people and, and seeing different cultures is, is important, isn't it? I think this is why they say people should travel because, you know, you've changed, changes how you think and, and, what, you, and yeah. what you see. Yeah, it really does. I mean, they, it's been scientifically, I think, yeah, it's been proven that when you travel, it builds new um, neurological pathways mm. in your in your mind and your brain. Yeah. I feel like that's because just my experience, just learning a little bit how the mind works. You know, our minds are for the most part kind of you know really running on automatic to some extent. You know, we have these dominant neurological pathways that the that the brain um, uh, tries to think is keeping us safe and using less energy. Just tries to direct us still down those normal paths most of the time if it can and when you travel you know if you're in a new environment it can't it can't do that you know it, it can't you have to it almost kind of like wakes your senses up a little bit more um or a lot more depending on where you are and so it's just you, it's, you almost feel like you're alive in a, in a different way um and that that you know rebuilding those neural path neurological pathways, you know, it's, you know, and if you're doing something new, you know, I was volunteering, I was learning to play the violin, I was learning Spanish, you know, I was just, I was doing all these, you know, think cog things cognitively that were challenging. Um, it was just, yeah, just like, you know, developing these new neurolog neurological pathways and just developing and growing in a different way. Adam, you're frozen.
Hey, Adam. You there, Adam? Sorry about that, uh, recording my, my yeah, connection. Yeah. yeah, no worries, no worries. No but, worries. Um, but yeah, you said uh, where, where it came to was uh, you said it, it changed you how you think and build new pathways. Yeah, yeah, that was actually, yeah, I think right where, yeah, right where I left off at, yeah. But what we have to do is... Uh, what you say? Sorry? I said, yeah, that's right where I finished, I think. Yeah. Because what I have to do, we can always do another podcast and we'll uh, talk about, you know, your your adventures and in, in, in your travels. And, uh, you know, because that, that we can do a whole new topic on that um, as sure. well. And, and go I would love that. it. I mean, Next time. yeah, that'd be great. I mean, I can talk travel all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll do that. But, um, yeah, no, it's been a pleasure talking to you, Ricardo, and, um, you know, I really yeah. appreciate your time and, uh, you know, I think it's great work that you're doing and, um, you know, it's really important, you know, the things we've talked about and uh, and I'll put those links in the bio and I'll promote your book and put that out there as well. Cool, cool. I appreciate it, my friend. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, it was great talking and, um, yeah, yeah, I love the questions. It was like different and new questions. So that was, uh, I love that. Yeah. I love the conversation. Oh, it's awesome. But, um, but yeah, you take care and, I, and I'll be in touch with you soon. We'll do another one. All right. Awesome. Enjoy your day. You too. All right, man. Got it,